Well, good evening, Riverhouse. Y'all look so beautiful tonight. Isn't it a wonderful November evening to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, you know, ever since, uh, ever since a couple weeks ago when uh, Julian said that word about like building the barn, I'm like, wow, Lord, what would it be like to have a Sunday morning service at River House one day? I'm just, I, I, just, I don't know. I don't know what it would be like. I, I forget. I was ministering at a church in California last week and it's a Sunday morning church. I'm like, gosh, it's noon and I have nothing to do the rest of the day. This is so strange. I'm like conditioned, you know, I'm like preaching in the morning. I'm like, good evening, everyone. I'm like... Oh, it's 9 a.m. Like, it's 9 a.m. It's not evening. Anyways, let's, uh, let's read the Bible together. Noble thought, huh? Um, you can stand on your feet. I think we have the verses on the screen. I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 4. We're going to pick up with this series on Acts. Pastor AJ preached last week, giving a uh, kind of this topic of the new temple, that we are the new temple in Christ, and that Luke is revealing it through these, these early chapters, chapters 3, 5, uh, 3, 4, 5, and 6. But I'm going to uh, zero in tonight on a couple aspects, really one main aspect that identified and characterized what this new temple in Jesus is all about, and that is uh, the reality of signs and wonders. So, Come on, Lord, speak to us through your word. This is Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 12. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed, offended. That was AJ last week. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high feast, the high, <laughs> high feast, <laughs> the high priest was there, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they'd placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation. Say salvation. salvation. And no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by, much, by which we must be saved. That's the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Kind of fun. I was, I was, I told you I was ministering in California last week. I got this message. Uh, I got this last night before I was, before I was preaching. I, I was in worship at this church and uh, I just started getting like these little bits of information that you could call words of knowledge. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go for it. I'm a guest preacher. I'm going to share these random bits of information. Like, hopefully this means something to this, someone in here. One, anyways, one of what I shared is I had this sense that somebody's elbow was really like, their right elbow had issues. It was flared up. They'd gone to doctors, hadn't been able to figure it out. Had this guy come up to me afterwards, and he said, I'm in shock. Like, I, I'm a plumber, and I, I don't even know. And I'm like, well, are you healed? He's like, I don't know. I'm just in shock. And I said, okay, well, let's pray. And I said, let me know if anything happens. Anyways, he traced down my number. I got this text last night. Jordan, happy Saturday. This is Jim, the plumber. I met you on Sunday. We prayed about my elbow. I have to tell you fantastic news. My arthritis and tendonitis have been virtually zilch completely gone. I was in shock when you mentioned you felt somebody's right elbow was hurting. I didn't know what to do. I was afraid to raise my hand. All glory goes to Jesus. <laughs> Signs and wonders are real, y'all. Um, I actually have a few bits of information I felt like I was supposed to share before I even preach tonight on the book of Acts, which is all about signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, so uh, I, I can't remember the order they came, but I have a sense that somebody has 
I think it's back here in this area of your head. I think it's some sort of a skin thing. And maybe, I don't know if it was like skin cancer or some sort of a skin sensitivity, but it's like, it's tender. I think it, it's like right in this area of your head. I might be crazy and that's okay, but is that anybody in this room? Do you have something going on in your head right here in your skin? Anybody? If you're shocked and you don't raise your hand, I'm going to kill you afterwards. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm risking in front of y'all. Like, this is why I didn't want to do it at the guest preacher church, too, because they're like, this guy's actually crazy. I take for granted that most of you probably don't think I'm actually crazy. Is there anybody? I don't have good eyes, so you really have to wave at me. Oh, that's a no. That's a risk. Well, let's, what? Oh, it's your wife. Okay, well, she'll come back from the bathroom. I have a few more. He just bailed me out, you guys. <laughs> You guys are all like, he's a false prophet. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a sense. Somebody on your right foot, you have pain, and it's like in the middle of your foot. It's on the top of your foot, though. It's not on the bottom. There we go. Right foot. So just stay standing. I love, you see that faith? That is me. That gives me faith, too. I also had a sense. I saw this pretty specifically. I think it might be a labrum. I don't know tendons very well, but it's in your left shoulder. I had a sense it was an injury from a while ago, and I saw you have like, it's like a minor tear in some sort of a tendon or a labrum or something, but it causes you issues in your left shoulder. All right, we got one. Is there anybody else? I have a sense there might be multiple people for this. Yeah, okay, we got another one over there. This is really cool. It's not just cool. We want to see, we we're going to see healing. I'm trying to think. I think I had one, one more. Oh, it was one more. I, I had the sense that uh, someone, you broke your nose, and the way it healed didn't heal quite right, and it causes you some kind of issues when you're breathing, or I've almost had a sense it's like when you're really, um, I don't know, like maybe exercising or something, that's when it shows up and you have a hard time breathing. Is that anybody? Some, I see a finger pointing at someone else. That's not allowed. Okay, we got, we got somebody. All right, this is cool, right? We're not trying to be super spiritual in here. We're just trying to be obedient. I, I made a decision with the Lord a long time ago. I said, I'll do whatever you ask me to do, even if it makes me look like a fool. So I'm just glad some, that this means something to some people because those things didn't mean anything to me. So if you're next to someone right there, we're a royal priest. If you're standing up, if you had, I just want you to extend your hand to brother and sister. If you're sitting next to him, you can just say, hey, is it okay if I put my hand on you? And Lord, we just ask for healing in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Jesus, that you are in the business of doing benefit to bringing benefit to sick or broken or injured bodies. And we would ask that healing would come in the mighty name of Jesus, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, Lord, that you would bring healing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want you to test it out, and you can come talk to me afterwards, or you can text me like my buddy Jim. And there goes my phone, just chucking it on the ground. Now, Lord, heal my phone in Jesus' name. All right. Well, we're in the book of Acts, um, and, and like I promised, we're going to talk about signs and wonders. And I'm going to do a bit of a survey before we of signs and wonders, just so you can see the centrality of signs and wonders um, throughout the book of Acts and really throughout the New Testament. And I'm hoping that we can make this, um, well, really I want to hit you square in the eyes with this tonight, if I'm being honest. And I've been in a journey of repentance. Say repentance. <laughs> repentance is not saying sorry, it's changing the way that you think. Right? And, and I have been in a journey of repentance and the Lord has been renewing my mind around what does the resurrection mean and it has, I didn't realize it was going to do this, but what it's actually done is it has increased my faith dramatically for signs and wonders to take place um, in and through my life. Uh, and, and so I'm going to bring you a bit into my repentance journey that I would say has been the last year. And it's really been like I've been waking up to what I would have said I believed all along, but it's just hit me like a freight train. So I'm hoping that we all get hit square between the eyes with what we're talking about when Peter's pre that God raised this Jewish man from Nazareth named Jesus from the dead. This is awesome. This is why people are getting offended, by the way. It's because of the resurrection from the dead. And I think that evangelical Christianity, the truth of the resurrection's gotten a little bit dull. And the reason I know that is because not enough people are offended with us. That we actually believe in a physical resurrection, not just of Jesus, but of the church. <laughs> 
And Paul says that if you don't believe in a physical resurrection, your faith is absolutely zero, worthless, nothing, nada. You might as well go be a heathen. It's the greatest sign and wonder we'd ever know, yeah? All right, so I want to just talk about what are signs and wonders and how, does that, how, how do we understand them in light of the resurrection. So here's a survey. I think we have the verses on the screen. I don't know if I'll read them all, but there's a bunch. This is just the book of Acts and a few other ones. Acts 2.43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Acts 5.12, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. Acts 5.16, crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Acts 6.8, now Stephen, this is the deacon, by the way. Deacon means what? Servant. This is like the servant of the church. This isn't even the preacher. A man full of God's grace and power performed great wonders and signs among the people. We need more deacons like that. Yes, Jesus, send them. When the crowds heard 8-6, Acts 8-6, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, here's another deacon. Oh, I think he's a deacon. Am I right? Is Philip a deacon or is he an apostle? I should know. They all paid close attention to what he said when they saw the signs he performed. Acts 8, 7. For with shrieks, say shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many were paralyzed in that city or, or lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Acts 8, 13. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles. Acts 14, 3. Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. I'm getting tongue-tied around signs and wonders. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Saul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles. Acts 19.11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Hebrews 2, 3-4, this salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also testifying to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed to all. Lastly, Romans, Paul says, I preach, and I don't boast, but I make known the signs and wonders that God made done through me. Do you see that this is not just a one-off verse? I'm exhausted right now. From quoting, this is just, this isn't even all of them. This probably isn't even half of them. This is just a brief survey. I have a little bit of a cold, so my, my throat's itchy, so bear with me, all right? This is a brief survey on the centrality. Like, you don't get the book of Acts without signs and wonders, yeah? All right, so let's talk about signs and wonders, okay? Okay, you with me? Uh, are you like, Cole, you going sensational, Pastor Jordan? Are you becoming one of those weirdos, Pastor Jordan? No, I love the Bible. I think that we have, the, we, have the, we have the choice to make as Christians, that we can either, we can read the scripture and be poor in spirit and let it cut us with the reality of what we don't have, with what it says that we should have, and we can actually recognize that, that we're hungry for something that we should have, or we can read the scripture in a way that we try to bring the scripture down to our level of experience and justify why our experience, the scripture fits into our experience. Right, so do we want the scripture to fit into our experience, or do we want a people that come under the word, learners come under the word, that the word will disciple us into the reality that it's trying to author for us, right? Because the Bible is not history, it's a living invitation to a new reality called the kingdom of God. And Luke has written the book of Acts, not as a history lesson to the church, but as the beginning that has no ending, so that as we read this text and come under it, we'll actually get discipled into it. Meaning that just as the disciples, the deacons, the, phila, the, the signs and wonders are just following the people, we're meant to live a life. Part of the characteristic marking of the new covenant community, of the new temple, is that it's marked by manifest presence, say manifest presence, that then works itself out into social justice, say social justice. AJ touched on this last week. The poor are being taken care of. There was no lack. It's like the new temple because of the presence of God. Signs and wonders are so prevalent that people are constantly in awe. Like this reverent, adoring respect of God. They are in awe because something, there is clearly the reality of something that is otherworldly breaking into this world on a consistent basis. And it is catalyzing transformed living to such a way that even the least of these are being benefited. This is the community of God. This is the heaven on earth community. 
Who wants to be a part of a heaven on earth community? I got good news for you. You're in the house of God. Right? So I want to take us on a journey to just maybe look at how we can actually, because this, this is the journey. I found that I saw signs and wonders in a peripheral way. And God has been doing a work where they are starting to line up. And I'm seeing that they are very much connected to the core things that we believe around resurrection and salvation. All right. So can I take you on a little journey with me real quickly? Okay. So Peter in this sermon... He makes it quite clear, right? So the context is they just walked in uh, to the, to the te- uh, just outside the temple gate, and they healed this man. So that's a sign and a wonder, right? Signs, signs and wonders, signs that make you wonder, right? This, this, this guy told me his elbow was so blown up, he couldn't pick up his phone last Sunday morning, and now he has no pain. That's just a sign that makes you wonder, right? You're like, I don't know what to think of that. Right? So what is the greatest sign and wonder in the Bible? The resurrection. Yes, that's a great answer. It is the resurrection. Right? So, so it's interesting to me that so many in the body of Christ, we almost start viewing like, uh-oh, don't talk about signs and wonders. You can get really weird. And like, sure, people do weird things, but you can get weird about anything, by the way. You can get weird about tithing. You can get weird about, you can, you can get weird about anything. Right? You get weird when you make one part the whole thing. Right? So we're not trying to make this one part the whole thing. I'm just trying to show that this is actually part of the thing. And you're not this sensationalist, hyper-charismatic person if you believe in signs and wonders. You actually just believe the Bible. Right? You actually just believe the message of the scripture. So, so the greatest sign and wonder, which is the sign and wonder of the resurrection, is what Paul says. This is literally the foundation cornerstone of your entire faith. If you don't believe in the most miraculous thing that you could possibly think of, that a Jewish man who was brutally scourged, publicly crucified, like stabbed with a spear, and and blood and water came out, which was a sign that he was truly dead because it meant his heart had literally completely burst, and it all spilled out. Like they watched the worst, most brutal murder they've ever seen, and they believed that that same man rose from the dead in the same body. That was a new body, but it was the same body. Right? This is what caused people to get greatly disturbed. They're like, ah. Right? And I think sometimes we miss the wonder of the resurrection because we've let it kind of stay in a history book. And we haven't quite pondered. So I want to take a little bit of a deeper reflection here for a moment on what are we talking about? It's like, hold the phone. You believe what? Like, to me, it's always, it's kind of hysterical. And people are like, I just don't get how you believe in, that God still heals today. I'm like, that's a very small miracle compared to what Paul says your whole faith is useless if you don't believe in. That a man rose from the dead, right? So when we're talking about the resurrection, we are talking about a physical, bodily resurrection of a Jewish man. Born of a woman in Bethlehem, right? And, and this is what's crazy. Like, the, the scripture is written in a way that it's very clear that, that the disciples are, like, trying to figure out, what does this mean? Right? Like, like, let's just, like, imagine that we're there. They watched him die. Three days later, he rose, and they're trying to make sense. Like, is this a spiritual resurrection? Is this, like, a spirit? But how do we know it wasn't a spirit? Because he had the same scars. I think I have a slide. It talks about the new body and the old body. Right? So, so th- we, we have evidence that Jesus got rose in the same body that he got crucified in. Because he's got the same wounds. Right? He's still in a human form. He doesn't like, you know, I don't know what like the father looks like. But like Jesus is still a human being. Right? He eats multiple times with them. Yeah? Who would want to have a breakfast with Jesus? He makes them breakfast. He eats fish with them. They touch him. He tells Mary in the garden. What does he tell her? Stop clinging to me. She's touching a human being. They recognized him as Jesus. So it's like it's the old body. Clearly it's the old body. But then clearly it's not just the old body, right? Because then he's like disappearing and then stepping through the wall. And it's like, whoa, 
how'd you get in here? We're scared and we locked all the windows and the doors. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm here. Peace be with you. It's like, thanks for the peace, Lord. Not a lot of peace right now. It's like, whoa. He just walked through the wall. And he's walking on the road to Emmaus like it's a new body. It's the old body, but it's definitely not the same old body because they didn't even recognize him. Until he broke the bed, bread, you're like, whoa. And then as soon as they recognize him, boom, he's gone. And then he like ascends on the clouds to heaven. It's like, whoa, what is going on? Like, can you imagine the wonder of the disciples? They're like, you're the same, but you're not the same. Right? And then they're trying to make sense. Like, you think you've had your world rocks before? Like, I had an encounter. I don't know how to make sense of it. They saw the resurrected Lord. They're like, what does this mean? How do you make sense of this thing? How do you make sense of the resurrection of Jesus? They're just like in awe and wonder. And I think that the church, we should still be in the same awe and wonder, trying to make sense of like, what does it mean that God rose Jesus in the same body, but a new body. Okay? So then watch this. So Peter, in his message, he's trying to, he's trying to tell them, all right, yeah, you just saw this, this man healed, right? You saw him healed. He's like, here's how. There is a man who was resurrected from the dead, Jesus, and it's through faith in his name. It's the power of this same resurrection is actually what just healed this lame man who was outside the gate. Right? So he's like, Peter's making the connection. So it's the resurrection. It's the same thing, resurrection power for this man. Then he says, in salvation. Say salvation. Peter makes the claim, this is salvation. Well, this is strange. Resurrection, sign and wonder, healing this man, salvation. Peter has all of these things linked together. This is where it gets really interesting. right? And this is part of the repentance that I've been on. I found that how I would have grown up understanding signs and wonders, and in, in particularly the resurrection, is that what the resurrection meant is it's like an exclamation point that says the message of Jesus is true. Like, like put faith in his name, and you will be saved and you'll get to go to heaven. And you will have an eternal good afterlife with God. Yeah? So it's like Jesus has this salvation he wants to bring. He has this whole message to save you. It's the spiritual message of salvation. And the way God authenticates it is he puts like an exclamation point And he's like, see, everything he said is true. Put your faith in Jesus. See, he rose from the dead. Put your faith and when you die, you'll go to heaven. Yeah. So then signs and wonders, miracles, it's the same thing. It's like, see, I preached like Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, and he's still healing plumbers' right arms that have elbow issues. Exclamation point. Right? Like, it's, it's like, it's like you can preach the gospel, but if you want to preach it with an exclamation point, like if you want to really preach it, you need a sign and wonder that's like, bam! Yeah? Yeah, so that, that's, that's, that was my belief. But this is the thing. It was like salvation and signs and wonders were still detached for me. And it was like, well, I want an exclamation point, but do you really need an exclamation point? No, you don't necessarily need it. It's like this message is true. And sometimes it's an exclamation point. Sometimes it's a comma. Sometimes it's a period. Sometimes it's just a dot, dot, dot. Yeah? Like, who would say, you know, a lot of times in my life, it's kind of like a dot, dot, dot. Right? And so then what ends up happening to me is it was like, okay, well, I have like the resurrection and salvation, but then signs, it's like they're two separate entities. This is primary, this is secondary, yeah? This is what's been rocking my mind. This is, this is part of just what's been hitting me square in the face is I don't think that we've gotten it right. I don't think that's what the Bible's telling us. And I don't think that's what Peter, I don't think that's why he's putting these three things in the same sermon to make sense of how this, this, this lame man born under generational, the curse of sin gets healed. I, I, I think we need a deeper reflection. We need, to, we need to actually ponder here, right? Signs that make you wonder, what is the resurrection? Why did God bother redeeming Jesus's old body. Like, why is he still in the same body? Right, watch it. 
God's resurrection power comes to the old creation of Jesus' body. He was born under the sin of Adam without sin, but he is born in this creation that we're a part of, yes? Right? He came in the, from the womb of a woman, part of this old creation, and God doesn't just zap him out and save him from it. God's power, heaven comes and resurrects in such a way that he maintains his original form, but he becomes a new form. It's like God doesn't try to get Jesus out of here to heaven. He comes and puts heaven into Jesus and resurrects him and makes Jesus the first fruits of an entirely new thing that we still don't quite understand called the new creation where he is the old creation, but he's not the old creation. He's walking through walls. He's, he's eternal. He's still moving. And this whole book of Acts and the whole story of the church is the evidence that he's still alive and he's still moving and he's still working and he's still healing and he's still re- releasing resurrection power through anybody that will be a willing branch. And he says, I'm just going to keep sending my life to anybody who's willing. And salvation comes. And so Peter's trying to say, yeah, this what happened to this Layman is salvation, and again, we see salvation isn't that they said, hey, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have is a message of eternal redemption for you. Put your faith in Jesus, and one day when you die, you'll go to heaven. They actually say, no, no, what we do have, we give to you. Receive resurrection power. And again, God doesn't come and zap him out of this world. Heaven comes and redeems the old creation of his crippled, lame body and makes this man who was born lame begin to leap and shout and praise for joy as a sign that the new age is breaking into the current age, that the kingdom is breaking into this world. Whoa. Watch me. Follow me. Follow me here. And then you you see the ministry of Jesus, all the times that he says salvation has come to you. What happens? Does he preach about eternity? No, power flows through him and redeems the old creation. Jesus' definition of salvation had nothing to do about a promise for us living a spiritual afterlife. It had everything to do with these signs, these wonders breaking in that God is actually committed to his creation. That God has no desire to abandon what the word of God says was a good creation. It was sin that destroyed God's la pieta. Like this, this is his beautiful masterpiece. And God is working to redeem it, not rescue us from it. So watch this. This is why Peter's saying resurrection, sign and wonder, salvation. It's the same thing. What is a sign and wonder? It's just the evidence that God's power is coming to save this creation and bring redemption to it. The message of the resurrection is that God's saying, I want to make all things new. And not just I want to, I will. And Jesus is the first fruits of it. He goes through the death and the judgment of the cross. The most, the picture of the most brutalized thing you could imagine. Absolutely torn, torn apart by sin. Cross, resurrection, touch the wounds. I'm made new and I have resurrection life. This is the first fruits of the, of the end of the story. This is the beginning of the end of the story. That, that just like Jesus, we too, we will die. But we will be resurrected in these bodies again. Some of you might say, this is getting really weird. Yeah, Christianity is really weird. This is why the disciples were, the Pharisees were offended. That they were preaching the resurrection of a dead person. So you might, some of you might have to go home and say, do I actually believe in a physical resurrection? of Jesus and myself? That's a great question because Paul says, you, you're not Christian if you don't. Like th- this, is, this is like the, the doctrine that makes us believers is we believe that he rose from the dead and so will we. And I just want to suggest to you that I don't think God has any plans of vacating this planet. He has plans of redeeming it. 
a new heaven and a new earth. And what's the very end of the story? Behold, we saw the wife of the lamb coming down. Say down. John has a vision of heaven coming down where? To earth. And heaven and earth coming together. Right? That, that God's not trying to get us out of here and get to heaven. He's trying to get heaven here. This is why Jesus' prayer is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth as it is in the whole story from Genesis to Revelation is that God is intensely desiring his world, heaven, and our world, earth, to be together perfectly. And Jesus shed his blood to wipe away the curse of sin so that we could actually step back into the reality that God originally authored. Heaven and earth, one. This is what temples are all throughout the Bible. The temple is where heaven and earth is one. Where are we right now? Where are we right now? We're in the house of the Lord. The place that's called out. He says, everywhere you gather in my name, I'm there. Heaven and earth are one. Right? So we are heralds of the resurrection, which means this is what this is empowering. This is what we see with early disciples. This is why we are like the most hopeless fools. We are hopeless fools because we're so filled with hope. Like we are romantic. We are hopeless. Like we, we cannot help but think that God's going to redeem it. That's why he sends us into darkness. This is why we go and pray for the sick. This is why, like because signs and wonders follow those who believe. Signs and wonders follow the proclamation of the resurrection that just as Jesus' body, his broken, crucified body, was resurrected by the power of God, so too will all things. That's our message. We are believing for the redemption of all things, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Will there be a judgment? Yes. Will there be a death? Absolutely. But I would say just as Jesus' old body, it's the same body, same wounds, but a new body, the whole earth the same. Will it be the same earth? Yeah, it'll probably show the wounds. It'll show the scars. We don't know how. There's mystery. Follow me. I'm not, like, I'm not telling you how, but I'm telling you what the Bible tells us is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. This is, this is, this is Hebrew prophecy. This is, this is the whole story that God's going to redeem. He's going to rebirth the whole cosmos. Yeah, this is absolutely insane. That's what the resurrection means. That's what Peter and the apostles were worthy, were, were willing to give their lives to proclaim. They were willing to give themselves unto death because they didn't fear death. Why? Because we're going to be resurrected and join the Lord in glory. They're so quiet. Got your thinking caps on? Am I hitting some of you square in the forehead? You're gonna go how you're gonna go here from and you're gonna ponder this? This is good, right? I'm bringing you into the opportunity for repentance, right? Which is, I, I, I'll just say briefly, I think escapism is a heresy that's really, um, I think it is corroding the faith of the church. Because if we see like salvation and the whole story is so that God can get us out of here, mayday, eject, leave, mayday, mayday, red alert, red alert, it creates all types of weird behaviors. It's why Christians huddle in churches and wait for Jesus to come back. Right? Get us out of here, Lord. Scotty, beam us up. Beam us up, Lord. Right? The, the, so much of the church is how they're acting. When Jesus is like, I shed my blood so that you could go and herald the message of resurrection power that nothing is beyond redemption. Right? The resur this is what the resurrection of Jesus means for all of us. No relationship, no sickness, no cancer. No, no nothing. No terminal illness. No, 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 no pit of slavery, no nation, no person, no situation, no poverty, no nothing, no addiction, nothing, nothing can stand. No, it means that nothing is beyond redemption. And God has 
called us to be the people that have the hope to charge into those places with faith and say, through my words and through my mouth, my hands, I'm going to herald and release and speak words of resurrection power because I am following the resurrected Lord. And just as he came and he redeemed me, right? This is why we say born again. Who's been born again in this room? Who's been born again? It says that when you were born again, something was generated that never existed before. You were not just just washed away from your sins. You were born to something that never existed before. You were created and fashioned by the Spirit of God into a new creation in Christ Jesus. A resurrected being that holds within it the very power of God. And the sanctification journey is when we feed the inner man, the Christ being, the Christ, the little Christ inside of us, the the son, the daughter, when that grows to take full authority in our lives and the flesh has been fully crucified, power flows out of the Christian. Power flows out of the disciple. Resurrection power. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Ephesians 1 said is the power that lives in you. And God is not looking for Christians to huddle and wait for the end of the world. He is looking for those to be messengers of power. And those that will have the courage and the faith to charge into the brokenness, to lay hands on the worst, to do whatever it looks like, you will see power not just flow to you. It will flow through you, and it will make all things new. Just like Jesus' crucified body was made new, so too will your life be made new. So too will your family be made new. So too will your community be made new. So too will God's cities be made new. So too will our nation be made new. I think the Lord is just crying out in this hour and saying, where is my sons and daughters? Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Adam? Where are the ones that will believe again and dream again that the power to change the world is inside of you? It is not in Washington, D.C. It is not in liberal agendas. It is not in agendas around sexuality and race and all of these things. The power to transform the cosmos is inside of the people of God. And signs and wonders. Signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Because signs and wonders are simply the manifestation of new life, a new world breaking into this one. You cannot preach the gospel of Jesus, of a resurrected Lord of life who was a crucified Nazarene. You can't preach that without signs and wonders coming because the very presence of resurrection power is the sign and wonder. It's the new energy, the life force, the river, the presence, the glory, whatever it is. It's that world breaking into this world. I can't breathe. I just emptied my soul before this house because I believe. I believe. I believe that all God needs is a, is a, is a room full of people who believe. That's all he needs. He just needs willing vessels. And I believe the Holy Spirit is waking us up tonight. He's waking us up to what's inside of us. He's waking you up to the the call of the gospel, that that we're called to be the Peters, who when people say, what is happening? So let me tell you, there was a Jewish man named Jesus, who I believe is the Lord of life, because he was brutally crucified, and the Spirit of God rose him from the dead in his same broken body, and that same Lord has raised me to life in my same body, and one day there's an end of the story coming where just as Jesus was completely redeemed, everything will be redeemed. And I'm going to live my life in hope. I am going to die in faith, pressing in to believe for that world to keep breaking into this one. Do you know how many times I have seen it not yet? I have seen it not happen, but I don't care. 
I am not going to live my life defined by what I have not seen or what my experience tells me has not happened. I'm going to live my life in faith of the resurrected Jesus revealed through the word of God and by the spirit of holiness himself. I believe that the Holy Spirit, he is the convictor. He is convinced. And I believe that the Lord is rooting out doubt within this house tonight. I believe he is pushing out doubt and unbelief. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring you to conviction, to a place of convince. I'm telling you, it is happening inside of my heart. I am convinced that God wants to bring transformation to this world in the power of signs, wonders, and miracles. I am not a sensationalist. I am a man of the word. I love the scripture. I have sought his face. I want to live a life of holiness. I'm not going after some sort of spectacles. I just want to see that world break into this world and transform people's lives. And so I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Acts 2.22, Jesus was a man attested to us by God by the evidence of signs, wonders, and miracles. And we are called to follow in his footsteps. This is how I want to end. If you need a miracle in your life, you need a miracle. I believe in miracles. And if you need a miracle, I want you to come to the front. I want you to just come to the front right now. Just come. If you need a miracle, if you need a sign and a wonder in your life, if you, you know, you know who you are, you, whatever it is, if you need a miracle to break into your story, this is, you know, it says that we have not because we ask not. It says, and if you ask in faith without doubting, so I just want you to ask the Lord. If you're on the ministry team, I want you to come and just lay hands, whoever the Lord, you know, you feel led. And this is the thing. I don't want this to be, uh, there's no spectators right now. I want us all, I want us all to pray because it's not resurrection power in a preacher. It is resurrection power in the priesthood of Jesus. And so if you're in your seats, I want, I'm going to invite everyone to stand right now. And, and I, you know, the power of God, it flows through words and it flows through hands. It's, it's incredible, you guys. His, it, it flows through our words, and it flows through the laying on of hands. And, and if you're up here and you need a miracle, you're next to someone who also needs a miracle. And, and I, we're just going to pray. And if you're standing in the sanctuary, I just want you to begin to release your words and your hands and say, God, God, release resurrection life. Release resurrection power into this house. And I ask, Lord, that you will awaken faith. Pray. Just pray. This is, this is, just pray. I just want you, just pray. Tell the Lord what you want. Tell the Lord what you need. Tell the Lord the miracle that you are seeking. And we just say, Lord, come. If you're standing, you say, I don't know what to pray. Pray the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we ask for miraculous power. We ask for dunamis power. We ask for resurrection power to be loosed in this house tonight, God. I ask that you will step into hopeless situations. Lord, and I just thank you that their hopelessness is not allowed. It is illegal to the life of the believer because all things, all things, God, nothing is beyond redemption. And so we ask for redemption power. Lord, we ask for redemption to step into terminal situations. Lord, we ask for redemption, resurrection power to come into terminal situations. Lord, to come into to, to situations that look like they are too dark and too painful and too powerful. Lord, and we just say, let all things be made new. Lord, we ask that you will come and make all things new. 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 If you need to repent of unbelief, I want you to just repent. It's, it's, it's just tell the Lord, I, I let go. I break partnership with unbelief. If you need to let go of hopelessness, say, I let go of hopelessness. I repent. Lord, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will release the faith of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it says it's, it's the faith that comes through Jesus. It is the faith which comes through him. 
that has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. We ask, Lord, for the faith of Jesus. We ask, Lord, for the hope of heaven. We ask, Lord, that you will just, that a conviction will rise within this house. I just thank you, Lord, that you are authoring, that you are dreaming a new dream over hopeless situations. Lord, that you are not hopeless. You are not hopeless. You are not hopeless. You are on the move. You are on the move. That the new temple community of Jesus is where God is on the move. And so, Lord, we just say, we bless you to be on the move. I have a sense that there's someone in here. You need a financial miracle. I I have a sense that you gave a thousand dollar gift in obedience to the Lord in the, like maybe today, but somewhere in the near, uh, the near recent past. And it was almost like, Lord, I have no idea how you're going to provide. And you gave it in faith. And I just feel like the Lord wants you to know he is with you. He is with you. He is with you. And I don't, you know, maybe you can find me later and I can pray. But I just feel the Lord wants you to know that he is with you and his blessing is upon you. And I just pray, Lord, for a financial miracle. I pray a financial miracle in this situation. Lord, that you will break in and that you will bring redemption. That you will bring redemption. That you redeem everything that's been stolen. You redeem everything that's been lost. Lord, we thank you and we ask God that you will bring the end of the story today. That the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the eschatos. He's the story, he's the spirit of the end of the story. And we ask that the end of the story where all things are made new, that that reality will come. That it will come today. That it will break into bodies that it will break into relationships. I feel like there's someone, your marriage is what you're bringing before the Lord. I feel like you have been contemplating if it's even worth it and you feel like you've hit your head against the same brick wall so many times that you're hopeless and you're despaired and you've been saying, Lord, I just give up. And I thank you, God, that you would step into this situation and release resurrection power. Lord, that you will make all things new. That you make all things new. Step into marriages. Step into relationships. There's relationships. It's someone, it's a father and a son. I feel like you're the father here. Maybe you're the son, but God, that you would step in. You'd make all things new. Fathers and sons. Mothers and daughters. Mothers-in-laws and daughters-in-laws. Lord, you come and make all things new. Lord, that you would step into bodies, Holy Spirit. You would bring healing to bodies. You would bring healing to depression. I just hear the Lord saying, depression is not your portion. 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 Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come, Lord? Would you bring physical healing, Lord? Would you heal the, 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 the mind pathways, even the, 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 the hormones, Lord, the things, the, the physical realities of depression that have corroded and eaten away? Would you come and make all things new, Holy Spirit? Would you, I thank you that addiction, I just hear the Lord saying, addiction is not your portion. Addiction is not your portion. Addiction is not your portion. I thank you, Holy Spirit spirit for deliverance tonight that you are breaking stubborn addictions I hear the Lord saying I am breaking stubborn addictions I am breaking stubborn addictions I am breaking stubborn addictions we thank you Lord that addiction bows its knee to the resurrected Jesus that every power of hell comes under the resurrect the feet of the resurrected Jesus you are the head we are your body and so Lord we just say addictions be broken tonight addictions be broken tonight in Jesus name say right now nothing's happening Lord I just want you to worship just worship worship the resurrected one and just open your heart to him it's not striving Lord we glorify your name 
we glorify your name. This is all about you. This isn't about us. This is about you. This is your glory. This is your reward. This is the reward of your suffering. And we glorify your name, Jesus. And we just open our hearts and say, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. You redeem broken things so that you can redeem through us, Lord. You redeem us so that you can redeem through us. Hallelujah. We just glorify the name of Jesus. I probably should say, if you need to go, you are so free to go. But we're just going to keep praying. Obviously, the Lord is... You know, don't judge what he's doing by the outer appearance. Sometimes it's super manifest. Sometimes it's, it's nothing at all. It's about faith. Lord, we just glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We worship you. Jesus, Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. You, you bring dead bones to life. You're still calling Lazarus out of the tomb. And we just say, Lazarus, wake up. Wake up, Lazarus. Wake up, Lazarus. I just call, I feel like there's someone in here that you're not, you don't know, you're not saved. You haven't been born again. I just want to tell you, if that's you, that I just feel Jesus is saying, I have new life for you. And you can step out of the deadness that you've been living and you can receive new life through the resurrection of Jesus, it can become your resurrection. So I just invite you, if the Spirit is inviting you to open your heart to Jesus, that you would just stand and open your hands to Him. And I just pray, Lord, that you will author salvation. You are authoring new life. You're calling Lazarus to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Lord, you are wiping away hope deferred. He's, he's wiping away hope deferred. It's like the corrosion is, is wiping away so that the very lightning of heaven, it's feel like the lightning of heaven is coming upon someone right now. There's been hope deferred. And I see the lightnings of heaven. It's like a jump-starting your battery right now with hope. Hope, 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 hope. We're just going to stay in this worshipful place. We're going to keep praying, so... You're free, to, you're free to go, but you are more than welcome to stay. We're just going to linger in the presence of God. We're going to come and lay hands on everyone.